from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. What an exciting Sunday. What? <laughs> you mean Saturday. Sunday well, so-so. No, no, no. I'm talking about <laughs> NFL started today. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, baby. <laughs> but then it ended for me immediately. <laughs> but I can't tell you anything because you're recording 17. Yeah, very fo- subtle. There's not 17. There's 16 football games. Well, there's 15 left now after the Thursday. Right. Are, are you at least caught up from the Thursday Debacle? Se- season yes. opener? Yes, that was terrible. Uh, so I can't talk about football. <laughs> I'd much rather talk about football than... If only this was a tennis podcast. Unbelievable. Is it? <laughs> it's a, uh, it's it's gonna a get, lot of things. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly. Hey, I'm re- welcome to the Tennis Revolution <laughs> podcast. Liar. Thief. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yes. There's so many things we could have talked about today, and I feel like we're going to be talking about one thing the whole hey, time. Hey, women's tennis rules. Yeah, that's what now, we want to talk about for weeks. Now listen, first of all, we can just power through the men. Yes. Greatest player in the history of the game just won. He did. Yeah, Pete Sampras came back. <laughs> well, someone who just tied Pete Sampras, so now we got to hear about yet another player who surpassed, surpassed your idol. Mm, what a fraud. And he's probably going to win the next four slams. Or what three a of the fraud. Next four. I don't know. He might have hurt himself falling down in that <laughs> staged... Um, he was so surprised and emotional after he won. Oh, now you got to... Listen... I hate Novak Djokovic. All right, let's just get it out on the record. I hate him, but I only hate him for one reason, two reasons, three reasons, <laughs> three, just three. No, 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 no. The heart three. celebration is one. All right, number one is that dumb heart thing. Right. That, but now, you did hate him before that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the second reason is his long face and his Lego hair. Those are two <laughs> reasons right there. Together. No, no, no. Two, oh, the, those are the two others? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, two okay. or three, yeah. Because he could have a nice haircut. And a long face or a short face and that dumb hair. So either they way. They said something about it. They were showing the, all the matches with him and Del Potro over the years. And they said, look, Novak's hair hasn't changed. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same it's, in every video. It, look at your Lego guys, all right? <laughs> Go to your kids' rooms and look at their Legos. Their hair hasn't changed either. So, But um, see, I hate him for a different reason. I hate him because he always looks angry. He wins the U.S. Open and he just still has that air of like anger. Yeah, he's a sociopath. And I'm like, you just won $3.8 million. You should be smiling and crying and... He just, I mean, he did smile, but that's about the most you get from him. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Totally. guess what? It works. Right. He's, dude, he's a baller. And I need someone to root against. I'm okay with that. Well, look, I, uh, I don't get too tied up into that, except, uh, you know, kind of rooting against him to not break. But at this point, who cares how many Sampras had, really? You know what I mean? It's like, who gives a shit? I know. I almost wish they would just add, make Miami and Indian Wells slams, and then people will have 40, and it won't even be comparable anymore. Right, right. So, anyway, um, yeah, so how is, again, explain to me exactly how Novak Djokovic isn't the greatest ever. <laughs> winning record against Nadal, winning record against Federer, one more Masters, I think, than both of them. He and Nadal are real close. I think he's, I think he passed, I know he's passed Federer. And that. he's definitely got the career Masters slam, or whatever you call it. Right, the only player that has that. So what else is there to do? And he's going to win, obviously, at least two or three more. Aha, Davis Cup. He's won Davis Cup. Oh! <laughs> 
He hasn't been number Olympics. one 300 weeks or whatever. Olympics. Has what he about? won the Olympics? I don't think so. I don't think he has. I don't know. Uh, he's won a medal in the Olympics, but I don't think he's won the gold. Pewter. But he's got two I, more. I think he won pewter. <laughs> 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 the platinum. No, that, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. He beat Jack Sock in that match. And he got the pewter. <laughs> no, Jack First got round. the Jack got the ten. Hey, don't bash our Grand Slam doubles champion. Some called the greatest doubles player ever. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with that? people? Did someone say that? Twitter. Somebody on Twitter. It might have been somebody real on Twitter though. <laughs> oh my god. When I told someone this morning, I said oh you do god. have to factor in who his partner is. Um, you know, that has something to do with the fact that he's winning so many. Well, he's better than whichever one's not playing right now. That's right. With a bum hip or whatever. The, I but just, our quick, this is all we're going to talk about doubles, I'm sure. If you're Mike Bryan, who do you play with next year? That may be the dumbest question <laughs> I've ever heard. Well, you got to play with your brother, I assume. But how can you, when you just won two in a row with Sock, you haven't won two in a row with Bob in forever. Well, yeah, but who cares? I mean, they don't care about no getting more slams. I'm sure because now it's not. Is now it's not. You're getting them together. It's not right. You know now that's what's weird is the other one needs to come back and play with sock while the other one sits out <laughs> so they can get back to get back to even. even. Yeah, yeah. Because now he's going to be slightly above him. You're right. You know that oh, they're going to no. be talking about that at dinners for the next fifty years. <laughs> well, he may just want to shut it down anyway. You know, that's what I'm wondering. Wh- which one is playing and which one's not. I think Mike is the one that's playing. I mean, we we could look at the draws right here, but we don't. Care. <laughs> We'd rather guess and potentially be wrong. Yeah, why not? No, Mike that's... Bryan and Jack Sock are playing. There you go. So uh, Robert or Bob? <laughs> yeah. Without seeing a minute of doubles in this tournament, I somehow knew that they didn't show any on ESPN the entire two weeks. Uh, six three six one. I dare say that this, that this is the weakest area in the history of men's doubles. <laughs> I heard that was a beatdown. Someone said two games in the second, it was over. And I said, well, there you go. Oh. It's because none of the stars Well, listen, hey, maybe Mike Bryan will be invigorated to play Davis Cup with Jay Sock for dubs, and now that's going to be a lock. You mean Labor Cup? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, because Labor Cup, everybody has to play at least one singles match. That wouldn't work. Right. Uh, he had to play a singles match. Forget it. Um, Anywho, so yeah, so the doubles final. Let's just talk about that for about an hour. Uh, probably zero <laughs> controversy happened, right? Probably zero controversy in the doubles, right? Um, and hey, you know what? Honestly, Americans won. You know, it's got to help the economy or something. <laughs> I will tell you this: one thing I was very excited about is that. Well, real quick, women. We don't want to be sexist. Ash Barty and Coco Vandeweghe, America. Man, the two years in a row, America has done well in the open and just to, I mean, I guess we didn't, well, we did have an, we had an American in the women's final for, how could I forget? But <laughs> yes, we, we seem to have a finalist in almost every division, men's singles, forget yep. it, but everything else. Well, well, and wait for this, Jamie Murray and Bethany Maddox-Sands in the hat. That's the highlight of my U.S. Her Open. comeback. That's the highlight of my U.S. Open. And she still, you know what? Unfortunately, she didn't follow us on Twitter, so I don't know if that uh, pod karma is really in our well, favor. And how can you not? How can that not be highlighted in the on ESPN at some point? <clears throat> you know, someone who just came back from that serious injury and comes back and wins a slam. I mean, that should have been that should that deserved more airtime. I agree. I mean, I don't know they got any on ESPN. I'm wondering if Tennis Channel has a contract just for the doubles because I don't think ESPN sh- literally didn't show any. Huh. 
I mean, maybe they showed after the matches they showed some highlights, but that's about it. Yeah. So on the men's side, Djokovic six three seven six six three. He played phenomenal in the first set. He played okay, and then uh, the Argentinian army came to play in that second set, <laughs> and they, he was get, he was yelling at everybody. There was a lot of noise going on, like shocking at the tail end of points. And oh, you know, but while, coach, did he not get a code violation? That seems sexist to me. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> oh, Hold sorry. it together. <laughs> uh, so in the second set, it, things were starting to get to him a little bit. He was he was yelling yelling at the crowd to shut up. In whatever language he speaks, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, Lego, and uh, but he managed to hold it together. And uh, when there was a couple mini breaks back and forth in the breaker, but he ended up winning. And then uh, he was just way too good, way too good in the third. And Joe uh, Del Potro, I think, was 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 gassed a little bit. What do you think would have changed if Del Potro won the second set? If anything. Uh, it, it might have uh, gone, gone four sets. Four. Yep, yep. <laughs> I six knew that three, was coming. six seven, six three, six three. Okay, so you don't think it would have had any impact? I mean, the the Argentinian army hollering and, and doing their chance and getting him fired up, so adrenaline pushed him through. Uh, that's I just what, think that's a really bad matchup for Del Potro. Even though I think he's won some matches against Djokovic, I just think the style of play doesn't suit him because I, I don't the, think anybody is matching up against Djokovic good right well, now. That's true. Good point. But I just think someone who wins based on power baseline is not going to be Djokovic. Right. But then again, I don't know what... I mean, Nadal would have had a way better chance than Del Potro just because more more spin, more variety, and come to the net more. I yeah. think that would have been the only way. Well, uh, so again, uh, is, do you think there's an... Ar- if the argument is three years ago was true that Federer is the greatest of all time, is that now over? Is Djokovic now the greatest of all time? Is it uh, I just think he's got to do a little bit longer before he gets truly in the category, but I think he's going to be after, you know, 2020. I think he's going to be in that conversation. I just think he doesn't have the longevity at number one and the to be six majors behind is a lot. But like I said, after next year or the year after, he's going to be right in there. Well, I mean, you're looking at, at a Federer who... You know, every time. All right, so here's the deal. Every single time Federer or Nadal lose or starting to lose, like as it, as it's kind of coming, and I'm watching, I'm like, well, I guess her deal with the devil ran out. Right. Uh, every time, every time, and of course they come back and win. You know, two out of the next four. And I each. think the biggest thing right now is that Djokovic is super fresh, and he's playing better than everyone. And so like, even if they get back fresh, he's still gonna be fresh because he's probably not gonna play much the next four months. So I don't see how next year anybody you know overtakes Djokovic, even if Federer and Nadal don't play again for the next four months and come back to the Australia. And I just think Djokovic is already ahead of them. So how are they? There's no way they're going to surpass him. He's not going to burn himself out in the winter, right? So I think there's unless he's got some injury we don't know about. I think 2019 is going to be him for th- probably three slams, and then maybe Nadal sneaks out the French again, and then they're going to be like what 18, 17 after the end of the year. 2018 and 17 is there anyone else that's going to disrupt that because it's got to happen you know well no it doesn't it actually doesn't because it looks like potentially that nadal and fetter are ready to just slide right off the edge right of the cliff although if it's the edge of a cliff you wouldn't really slide i guess you more <laughs> fall maybe it's a slope <laughs> well, um i was encouraged this tournament with some of the younger players doing well 
I don't know if that we always talk about if that matters or not because they still lost. But like that match with team and it all was we would be talking if it wasn't for what happened in the women's final, we'd be talking about that a lot more because that was incredible. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, that was a great match from team. And the only thing that made it mean nothing (laughs) is the fact that he lost. And then then Nadal lost next round, which made it even worse. Right. Because ultimately, ultimately, we've seen flashes from everyone before. Right. (laughs) So, one head team, but the thing is, head team won that and then beaten Del Potro. You could say, okay, he's made progress because he lost to Del Potro last year and he should have beaten him. And so then you could say, okay, he beat Nadal and Del Potro. Even if he lost to Djokovic, to me, you could have said, okay, he made huge progress. I don't think you can say that, even though he barely lost to Nadal. There's been a lot of guys who have barely lost. Like Verdasco had that match to Nadal. He barely lost in a huge five-setter and never did anything after that. So I don't think it means, like you said, it doesn't mean that much because he lost. Right. Well, it, yeah, it can't, it, it can't mean anything really yet because he didn't follow through yet and yeah. so it's sort of the same old story because we very well could see next year you know he loses in the fourth round you know well, what we i mean saw, yeah we saw zverev i think we talked about that last week i think it already happened where he just collapsed yeah <laughs> same old same old sorry sorry lindell yeah so there i mean none of them made it any farther than we expected necessarily well look i will say this all right so you've got Delpo injury riddled, right? Nishikori injury riddled. He, I mean, he's not as bad as as um, Delpo, right? But he's had a lot of time out, and you saw what he did. You know what he looked yeah. like. Um, and so it just so could this have been maybe not the weakest air in the history of men's tennis if everyone was a hundred percent? You start looking at some of these quarterfinal matches and how some of these guys were doing. Um, I was going to say, it didn't look like, this tournament, it didn't look like the weakest era, just based on the level of tennis. In for the once. Fi- in the final eight. For once. Right. For once. But like you said, how often have all these guys have actually been in the same tournament at, at a decent level? Right. I mean, not in a long time, if ever. But team is the only one of those, those of the eight quarterfinalists, which I don't know that I can remember all eight off the top of my head, but... Nadal team the, at the top. Yeah, he's the only one that's probably on the upswing. Right. Delpo Isner. Yeah, so those well, Isner's the same. Right, he's got one chance, um, three setters for the first four rounds, and then a bunch of rainouts. Right, to where he can get four days rest, <laughs> and then which he kind of had that this tournament. Well, it, I mean, he had this was a pretty good opportunity for him. But yeah, he had like you said, he had a pretty long match in there, either well, second or with, third round. Well, with Roundage, the fourth round was long. Right, and then, you know, he just actually had. He would have had a really tough draw. I mean, he had to beat Raonic, Delpo, Nadal, and Djokovic. I mean, that's not happening. Right. That's but, not the kind of slam he's going to win. Right. But at least if he gets to the last two, if he gets to the semis and then a final, and he can... He can beat anyone if he's at a decent level. If he's, if he's you know, rested. If he's right. had an easy go of it. So, what a bummer. But yeah, I agree with you. The, the, the thing that's going to keep me hanging on until Laver... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> For next year and going forward is that team hopefully made a jump. Yeah, because we had what? What was the other? Chilich, Nishikori, yeah, and Djokovic, well, Milman. Because of Nishikori, but see, Nishikori is another one that should. But we, it's been so stop and start, just like Delpo. Although yeah. Delpo's gotten one, but but know. I don't think any of those guys we would say that they the best is yet to come for their career necessarily. Nishikori could be, he could be, and team the, should be. That's it. Only those two. Yeah, he could be. Nishikori could be, but it, it has everything to do with 
is he going to be healthy? Yeah, and people and, got excited about Millman, and then we found out he was 29, and it was like, oh, never mind. No, well, yeah, but we knew. Come on. Well, I mean, yeah, most people in the know knew, but other people thought, oh, man, this guy came out of nowhere. He's yeah. really good. And then if he was 24, then maybe you could say something. But it's sort of like tennis Sanger in last year. Sometimes people just have a good tournament. Right. And that is the nature of tennis. You can just be on right for a couple matches and, and a lot like saying jack Sox the greatest doubles player in the history of the game <laughs> uh slow your roll calm right. down millman was a fun fun story and he played a lights out it was yeah. a lot of fun to watch the excitement that, that he you know uh brought to it and you know and i stayed up late <laughs> almost every night which i'm still paying yeah for. i know me too i can't do that anymore well, one of the old. things that had to favor them i would assume is that because they haven't played that much together the scouting reports are not as developed oh with socking yeah so i mean all these other teams are the same talk about doubles (laughs) we're delaying as long as we can which you're all waiting to talk about or to hear about but no it was an interesting tournament with the men the men's definitely we saw the matches we kind of wanted to see i was trying to imagine who if i could choose any four semifinals i would want who they would be right and obviously not having fetter you know but again, we've talked about how we were tired of seeing that. It was kind of debatable. Well, only only if it comes by legitimate reasons. Right. But if if there's you know Nadal, how I, what a bummer! I'm tired of seeing the same old shit. But you hate to see it happen because of that. Because right. at some point they have to stop playing. I think. And, yeah. if, and and if that's the case, you'd hope they do it because guys are starting to 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 catch up to them, not because they're breaking down and falling back to the pack. Well, and this is not an insult to Nadal, but I really yes, wonder what he would have done if he had won that second set. I just I don't see him walking off the court at well, he, that moment. I, from what I heard, and it may have been on the tennis podcast, not this tennis podcast, <laughs> but the the I thought we were the tennis podcast. Well, we are the one. But there you go. Um, I think it was that one that he he said he was he felt something at two two in the first in, okay. first set. So I, I think you might be right. Yeah. So if he, he jumped out to an early lead and Delpo looked you know struggling, then he might have kept going. Well, he obviously knows how to play with knee issues because he's done it for years. So I think he, if he was ahead, like you said, and he maybe could have managed it. But he also said that, according again to the other the tennis <laughs> podcast, um, that it, it's not a big deal. He knows how to deal with this, and he'll be back. And it's right. not a it's not a thing. Okay, good. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, you know, because again, I hate I hate seeing these two people. <laughs> the, you know, just Federer and Nadal winning everything. Right. I do not want to see him not win everything if. They have the ability. Yeah, you want to. somebody to step up and beat them. Exactly. Exactly. And it, how hollow is it going to be if they just said, you know, they both basically, you know, walked off into the sunset holding hands, you know, leaving Rod Laver, you know, the Laver Cup at, right after they, you know. <laughs> well, it's going to further, it will further confirm what we've said. If Federer and all retire at the end of this year, and Joke, or they're injured, either one, and Djokovic wins three out of four slimes next year, that's going to just confirm what we've been saying. That no one else that's not in the top four can do anything. No, it won't. It, people will just be saying, wow, we had the Jordans, three Jordans <laughs> of the era. Right. LeBron, Jordan, and LeBron all played at the same time. It's incredible. Yeah, and I don't know how to dispute that argument. There's no way. You, you can't. Because to me, that you're basically saying that the other, they're basically saying, we're basically almost saying the same thing, except the difference is we're saying that those three guys are maybe not A+. Plus, 
but we're saying that guys four through twenty are you know C plus. But at least at least we give the the out that hey they could be the greatest ever, right? Whereas nobody else, nobody is giving up the possibility that it might be the weakest error in the history of men's tennis. And the funny moron. Thing is, well, a lot, <laughs> a lot of people say that, right? And the argument they use is they're winning everything, so there's nothing. There, or they say, oh, how could this be the weakest error ever? Right. We have Nadal and Federer and Djokovic. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay, but they're playing in the weakest error. They're the strongest of the weakest error. Right. Well, I think, yeah, uh, I, mean, I think and having, you know, even, I mean, what's funny is we never talk about Serena being the weakest era because she's won so many slams across 20 years. But I feel like there's been other players that have come along that have won 6, 8, 10, 12 slams at various five-year periods. I mean, you had Justine and Hingis and Venus, and you had many other, she had many other can you wait to talk about women's tennis, or do we, need to, do we need to get that part about it, the actual tennis part, in during this segment? Because <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. funny. Because I was going to ask you before the women's match started, why don't we? What is the argument against the women's not being the weakest era? But I think that's exactly it. She's played over a span of twenty years and beaten lots of top players that are also slam winners. Yeah, and when she's not, it's been different pe- different ladies that have won consistently. Like, it hadn't been the same three women. Like, it wasn't always just when she lost, okay, it was Venus. Then when Venus lost, it was Sharapova. They have, they've had many different women that have dominated different times. Right. So I think that's the difference. Right. And she's surpassed all of them, regardless of her age. So I think that's just to the, how dominant she is, different than everybody else. Yeah, I mean, she came in with, you know, Hingis and, you know, beating... You know, because Hingles was one at the time when the when those youngsters came up and you know with beads and everything and causing trouble. You know, Davenport was in the mix back then. Yeah, you know, Celis, Celis, Graf a little bit. Right, and I think the real argument we have is that Federer is not the greatest ever because this is the weakest era. I think we added Nadal and Djokovic in kind of later, but I think our biggest argument for Federer not being the greatest ever is he's got a losing record against his two biggest rivals. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. how can that be? Right. Thing. It's two different arguments. This is the weakest era in the history of men's tennis and is Federer the greatest ever. Right. And now we got two guys that are, are proving week in and week out via evidence that he's not. Right. So. Yeah. And I don't care about the age because that's not. It's when you were at your prime and how many times you played at your prime. And Djokovic has beaten them many times and they're both. I mean, they, you can't say they're not at their prime, like you said, and then say they're better now than they were then. Right. Oh, so which one is it? Right. Yeah. They want to have it every way. Anybody making that argument. That's why they're dumb. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, enough about tennis. <laughs> Let's get to the women. And we'll do that when we come back. Maybe. Do you want to? Are you? Are you? Everybody's in, on the edge of their inter- seat. Are you interested? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why we're talking about nothing major happening. Can you handle it? Can you (laughs) can you handle it? All right. Well, we'll try that when we come back. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. We're back. (laughs) Golly. All right. He sounds excited. Well, listen, (laughs) I I guess I'm not a real journalist in this, you know, because 
you know, people in the press or, you know, whatever, sort of any, you know, publicity is good publicity kind of thing. Right. I guess I'm not a good, I'm just a, a tennis fan and a person in the industry. And so I actually don't like this whole debaculation <laughs> right. uh, that was the women's final. So, well, uh, before you even say anything, oh, Lordy. I just want to, I normally let you take the lead, but I just oh, want to say, baby. before we get into it, congratulations to Naomi Osaka for an amazing win and tournament. Because to me, that still should be the main story no matter what. She played amazing in the face of ridiculous distractions. Yes. And and her game never faltered the well, whole for, match. Well, and let me say this. Let's talk. All right. Let's take Naomi Saka first. Got a bone to pick there, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so listen. All right. So I get it that they're saying well first of all you're exactly right congratulations i don't want to jump the gun somebody like i don't know who it was it could have been like um mary joe fernandez or somebody you know pam shrive or somebody like that that said she's gonna change tennis really (laughs) is she really gonna change tennis i'm pretty sure serena changed tennis right uh you know i I don't mean last night (laughs) um you know i meant in general right is she really gonna change the face of tennis no of course not but Here's the thing. Congratulations to her. I'm excited if she can live up to what she's been this fortnight and continue her success and continue to be at that level. I'm always happy when more people push people at the top, you know, and then become at the top and then get pushed by people. Well, I think it's awesome. And I said something that I called myself out for later for being stupid. I said, I think she's going to be the one that is really consistently good for the next couple of years. And I said, when have I never said that? Everybody, we think they're going to be that. Right. And then they don't end up being that. But I do think more so with her that she's going to be well she's had around a, she's a had while. a slow burn you right. know she's she's sort of been in the eyeball of people for a while and and now guess what the natural progression is you win a slam right so hopefully she'll be able to really build on this uh success and you know continue to grow as a player and be a be a force out there but but <laughs> i get it that she is the first japanese man or woman to win a grand slam right why does that matter well i think it matters (laughs) i think it matters for her to to say about her country i don't think it i don't think it matters in the grand sport of tennis or the grand scheme i think it's something that you have to say just as a player representing your country right so but i don't think it matters to her necessarily well here's why it matters in general for me in general, because it says something about your quote unquote system, right? Your your system, whatever whatever system or not system you happen to have. So, for instance, in a lot of European countries, I guess a lot of countries around the world, I don't know the the federations are heavily involved in the support and training of their players right in the u.s thank goodness it's not the case they try to be <laughs> right. all they do is mess it up but they try to be yeah but it's not requ- a requirement to get right where it seems like there's not i mean because you talk about like halop right she has a strained relationship with you know the romanian tennis federation or the tennis federation of romania or the romanian <laughs> federation of tennis i don't know what it's called right. but it's one of those three uh, in romanian um so you know, because I guess she didn't have a great relationship and didn't get all the support maybe she thought she needed and ultimately ended up being the best player, you know, by a long shot from right. Romania. So who knows? But anyway, 
Do you happen to know where Naomi Saka lives? I think it's here somewhere. Not in the studio. <laughs> it's a little cramped. America. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yeah, I knew that's that makes sense. I knew she trained in Florida. I forgot that. So for me, you know, obviously she was born in Japan. Right. Right. So here's another reason. So does it matter because people of Japanese descent are now proving that they can compete at a high level in tennis? Which well, I should have already known that. No, because her mom is Japanese. Her father's Haitian. Right. How come nobody talked about Haiti? It's the first Haitian player think to was, win a Grand Slam. I did think you that was unusual. Bastards. Oh, no, wait. That'd be racist. I can't remember. I did think that was unusual. Well, it just, listen, either it matters or it doesn't in every arena. And the only way it should matter in this regard has to do with the system proving that the system works. So if you were to tell me we had 97 French players in the top 10, right? not at the same time because that mathematically <laughs> wouldn't work, and they never made it past the semifinal of a Grand Slam or, or maybe like three total or something or right. whatever it was to the final of a Grand Slam over the last 20 years, you would say, okay, so that system really can develop and find lots of numbers. But right. they might be missing a piece, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe have them train in, in in the Russian, you know, Siberian Peninsula a little bit with Rocky to toughen them up. <laughs> but, what, but I agree with what you're saying. Is are they telling all Japanese kids that play tennis, hey, you can be a Grand Slam champion too if you leave Japan and go to Florida? Well, that's <laughs> when you're eight, you know. So so either so the only way it actually means anything is if it has to do with that the system, right? Because, I agree with you because the world is way too transient these days. People, especially America, for the love of Pete, regardless of what people say, uh, you know, we're one of the most diverse societies probably in the world. Well, it's, but it's funny you say that. One of my friends was like, "How smart of her to represent Japan." Instead of USA, because she's going to get way more attention. Oh, I'm sure. As the only Japanese, you know, female tennis player, she's going to get right. 20 million endorsements next year, probably. Yeah, and and she was one of the five or six Americans. Who cares? Nishikori too. I mean, right. he's, he, they were talking about how much he's making. Endor- he made 30 plus million dollars in yeah, endorsements. more than last Djokovic year. and other top players. Right. So yeah, because you're one, you're the one. Right. I remember probably 10, 15 years ago, they had a guy from Thailand. He played in a uh, challenger tournament I ran and they became top th- 30. Parador and Shishifan. That's him. <laughs> and he was a superstar in Thailand. Yeah. But nobody even knew who he was here, right. even though he was top 30. Um, so yeah, so exactly. So anyway, so don't come at me with it matters because of any of Because again, first of all, she's not 100% Japanese. So it, it can't matter right. from that perspective. It can't. Yeah, that and was it, really funny that you say that because they had so many things that said first ever Japanese and it never yeah. said. They did say that she was half and half, but they never said first Haitian born player. They left the Haitian part out. And ultimately, I think probably because they can't. Maybe it's just a, a, a carryover from days gone by where most people were from a country that was pretty homogenous with that group. So people from Japan. But they did were, the same thing with Tiger Woods when he was started when he was winning. Right. They were saying first African-American. Well, he's Kaplan Asian, as he so yeah. um, eloquently stated <laughs> one time about himself. Right. Um, so he's Asian, African-American, and Caucasian, I right. guess. But, uh, but no, no, no. So the point is, is I think in, nobody thinks about that and why they're saying it or what it means, and nobody cares. Right. And I just thought I'd bring it up, because if you're telling me it's because of her actual ethnic background, then it's stupid. 
it's stupid because it doesn't matter. Right. Because we've had probably almost every DNA strain. I was going to say win a Grand Slam well, tournament at some point. Yeah, it's almost like saying, "Oh, look, a Japanese person can win a Slam." It's like nobody ever disputed that. Right. <laughs> that was never in doubt in dispute. Like you said, it's more of a reflection of the system they but, trained in. But it's not be. it obviously be. because yeah, but it's not because she moved here to train. Right. So yeah, she know. trained. Didn't she train at Everett Academy for a while or? I hope not. I think at some point she did. She or maybe Bulletary, who knows. Is Everett the worst commentator? Oh, uh, I have a bone to pick with all of them this this tournament. But. All right. Well, so all right. Well, <laughs> so anyway, so Naomi Saka and I'm not bagging on her cuz she's, you know, the first Japanese woman to win right. whatever whatever, uh but she's the first Japanese/Haitian human how about that to win a grand slam <laughs> so what the first ever half japanese half haitian woman under 25 to the, win a slam the train in florida i think part of it is they just look for things to draw attention to the the first ever this the first ever you know just they have to have some reason to make it interesting well, and here's the thing that pisses me off it's funny because I, I have a daughter um who's under 12 i'm not going to tell everybody your age nosy <laughs> weirdos out there but you know it's funny because if i were to say or show her some kind of thing, uh, you know, on TV or something, and where it's like, and girls can be astronauts. She will look at me and say, "Oh, I didn't know they couldn't until you said that, right. you jackass." Exactly. So it's like nobody. It's almost condescending to Osaka or anybody in Japan to say the first jet. Shut up, stupid. Nobody right. gives a shit. Nobody. Well, okay, not nobody. Obviously, because these jackasses commentating, right? You know, are, are thinking, you know, whatever. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, get pissed off and say something dumb. Like I said, I think they just have to make it seem they got nothing else revolutionary. To say. So they gotta come up with something. You know, if she if somebody had won before her, it'd have been the first one since so and so. And then if you know several had won, they'd have to come up with something else. You know, it'd be the first player ever to be seated 20 to win a slam. They always come up with something. Right, right. Just to make it seem notable. Well, which they didn't have to do with this one. <laughs> well, <laughs> everybody's going to remember so, this for a while. Right. So, yeah, so she went to uh, Florida Tennis. Well, she, no, she was with uh, Harold Solomon. Okay. Um, I knew it was one of the big academies. Yeah. So, anyway, so, so neither did the Japanese system nor her Japanese heritage alone help her win this. Right. How about it was just hard work, the opportunity, Yeah. and and then her, you know, achievements from her, on her, you know, own merits. Right. So you're exactly right. Congratulations, Naomi Saka. Um, thanks. That's it. End of the podcast. Good night. <laughs> Good night. All right. So. So do you want to give a recap of what happened as, oh as if anybody my. doesn't know. All right, yeah. If you don't know, it's... You're it's, probably not listening to this podcast. Exactly. But. What are you doing here? Um, so we were at one set for Naomi Osaka, who played a lights out in that first set. She did. Uh, and... And, and just it just was was too much for Serena and Serena didn't play great to be fair you know I mean it, well and let me let me tell you the moment I knew the match was over when they were in a long rally and Serena hit a drop shot which was an amazing drop shot she won the point and Osaka didn't get it and I said the fact that Serena is attempting a drop shot tells me that she knows that she's not gonna win this match because once she knew she couldn't win a rally to me that was a sign she knew she couldn't win or yeah 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 and and this is not sexist by the way but it may have been because she was spent yeah or yeah because or she knew she couldn't win playing the way she's playing 
in without the current, other girl faltering in her current state of fitness right because i just said that about delpo that he looked tired oh, so totally. uh it's not sexist well and she doesn't i mean she's not in the same level of fitness that she's been previously right, or osaka is so i don't think that's right anything that's no i know I, I just said that because of all the sjw <laughs> all right so first set over and i can't remember at what point in time that her by the way, pretty good looking fella, her coach. He's a good looking dude. Am I right? You know, maybe yeah. it's a little salt and pepper hair. I don't know. Uh, but I think he, I would say with probably about one all or two on somewhere in there. He makes a gesture with his hands, um, seemingly indicating go in, go in, get in. Right. Uh, I, you know, in other words, get into the net to Serena. Which immediately when I saw that, by the way, it was clearly coaching. No, there was no doubt. The talk about the which, thumbs up and all that nonsense, it was clearly coaching. Which he ultimately admitted. Right. And to be fair, I will give Serena credit in this regard. She didn't seem to be paying a whole lot of attention. And my guess is she probably doesn't li- want to hear that shit and doesn't help her and doesn't listen to it anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's what she said after, not that She's I She's been playing for 30 years Say that or I something. believe everything she says, but she says, I don't want coaching... Even when they allow an encore coaching, I don't do it because I don't want any coaching. But also, he's way on up there. Right. I don't know if she could see that. You know, I mean, so he could have done definitely. They could have, you know, he could have done a little turn the hat sideways and wiggle right. his left ear. If they, you know, so anyway, and he ultimately admitted he, he was coaching. So she got a warning for the coaching. Now, she flipped her shit immediately. She lost her marbles because she was uh, assuming that the the chair umpire was, you know, impugning her character, and it had nothing to do with that. Well, and that's what I was irritated by more than anything else when that happened. I said, he didn't say you did anything. It's just like when, if a coach runs on the field in the NFL and yells the official, they penalize the team. They don't penalize the coach. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. There's no difference. Right. So yeah. all he had to say, and the official, I don't know if you ever said that, but all he had to say was. You got the penalty because of what your coach did. I'm not saying anything about what you did. Right. Like, end of end of discussion. I'm but, sure it wouldn't have been in a discussion, but... No, I think she would have done exactly the same thing, and just because I think yeah. she was trying to do, like, a little bit of a, a Jordan kind of thing, where it's like, you got to find something to be pissed off about, and that kind of, you know, yeah. uh, gets you going. Uh, or whatever. I don't know why. I don't. I, I can't get in her head, but, but, but she definitely reacted inappropriately, in my opinion. Right. So now she's sitting there with a warning on her. Now that is part of the process to get, you know, going further as you get more trouble doing other things. Which I don't think that should be, by the way, that particular infraction, because that to me is not unsportsmanlike conduct. That's a something else, right. kind of like a time violation on a serve. To me, right. that's more in that category. So that's the only dispute I have. But again, they know well, the rules. Well, that's what the rules are. Right. So we can change them, and that's a whole separate argument. Um, so but she, she knows, like you said, she knew she had a point, a, a, a warning. Yeah, and she's sitting there with a warning on her, and I don't know if she thought her little chit-chat with him over her coffee uh, <laughs> wiped it away or but something. she acted like she thought that, which is ridiculous. Yeah, which is absurd. No and, player has ever talked an official out of giving a penalty. Right. Without the supervisor. The supervisor right. could. Remember, they threw um, John Macro off the court when he was playing Illy Nastasi, <laughs> and the everybody freaked out, and he ended up eventually overturning that. And See, I wondered out. about that. People acted like he couldn't overturn it in this situation. The Yeah, that Brian Early could have. That's what I thought, but yeah. at some point he said, in their conversation, he said, I can't overrule it, but I think he just meant I can't, as in... Yeah, I can't. You, you messed up. <laughs> did, which, yeah, there's no right. reasoning behind. So anyway, so so she's sitting there with a warning, 
Then she loses the game and destroys her racket in fine, fine fashion, I must say. Right. Uh, one just bang, and it was the it was <laughs> dust. Right. Uh, so she gets a code violation for that, which now is a point. And oh, baby, she didn't like that. She thought I thought I thought a sweet talked you out of the warning. Right. So now, yeah, she tried to go to the deuce side to start the game. So now she's losing her mind and. She's incensed, to say the least, and she's calling him a thief and still bitching about the fact that brought her kid into it. Right. I'm a mother and I don't want to. I mean, come on. That was terrible. But the whole the whole thing about the broken racket, I've heard many people say, well, guys break their rackets all the time. To me, there's been a clear emphasis in the last year or two that if you break your racket, you get a point penalty. I've seen that All consistently. Right. Who cares? It's a rule. Right. So, and I, but I mean, it's been enforced consistently. But it's been enforced consistently the last couple of years, men or women. Even if it hadn't, I don't care. Yeah, because it's, well, right, it's, it's still it, against the rules. So she breaks her racket, point, and now it, she can't let it go. So she's, she's down 3-4, and she's just chirping. Calls him names, a liar and a thief, multiple times and just you know well and apologize again, to me right now right and again on the telecast by the way it showed her doing that for about five seconds when they later went back it was about two minutes it was longer sure so they made it look like she just said one thing to him and got penalized so i think that was part of why the viewers may have felt like right it was unjustified right but it was the entire changeover she was talking to him right and she's like you know you apologize to me right now right do it say <laughs> say you're sorry right now Fine, then don't talk to me. Right. I mean, it was insane. But then she kept talking to Right, me. exactly. It was insane. Don't talk to me, but I'm going to keep criticizing you. And so finally, at some point, as a chair umpire is allowed to do, and well within their, you know, the right, you know, frame of mind to do, they can say, hey, quit it. Right. Boom, and here's how you're going to quit it. Game penalty. So the next one is, the next progression of the code violation is, in this case, it was verbal abuse, and it was game. So now instead of being down 3-4, she's down 3-5. She serves and holds. Easily. Down 5-4. Yeah. And and then... Keeps complaining. And then Osaka, Osaka wins, and then she makes a spectacle of how much she tries to hug her and all yeah. of this shit. And then we go into the complete awkward ceremony which <laughs> with her standing the closest i've ever seen a second place person stand to the winner in a ceremony it was like they were touching like normally the second place person is off on the side somewhere and she was like right next to her the whole time that was so weird let's just me. talk about the facts first let's just relax no that is i'm saying I know, she I know, was standing I know. right next to her i've never seen that we're believe me we're gonna get into the rest of it let's just get through the facts here <laughs> so then they go into the ceremony and you know the crowd it's new york so obviously they're booing you know i guess in france they would have been you know throwing baguettes or something <laughs> no, i don't know. was crying yeah she was not sure if it was because of that or because she won or Right, she's just all hemmed up, just all jacked right. up, and and so then when it comes to, <laughs> by the way, feel free to have a, a little bit of a space on your card to write in some new questions in case situations <laughs> change, because right. I'm not going to say these these people that ask her questions are the dumbest people ever. Well, Tom um, Rinaldi was bad the whole tournament. His questions were terrible. Well, to be fair, I mean, come on. Uh, you, there, it's just like the, the NFL when know. you know you're walking out from halftime. What are you going to say? It's just I hate all. How that do you stuff. feel after you won? I like, hate all that stuff. It's so yeah. Well, and and he 
obviously had these questions pre-written right you know sort of this you know play playing serena the finals was your dream blah 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 and i'm sure he had a set of questions separate for serena and then the president of the usta um same thing you know her comments were pre already pre-packaged and she didn't change it except for the part where she said this wasn't the outcome we were hoping for which i right furious about well i I know what she meant but it's not the way it came across right right so so she she seemed like she had some pre-planned remarks and you could see it on her dumb face not that she's dumb but you know and and rinaldi's face both of them you could see they're like oh i'm about to ask this question because oh i haven't written anything else or thought about anything oh it's an awkward when you're asking both of them questions in front of each other Right after the blow up, but right. anyway, so so then so Serena gets on the mic when it's her turn to you know whatever, and she gets asked dumb questions. Fortunately, she didn't respond to the question that was asked, <laughs> and she went on to try to try to play magnanimous. I don't know what that means, but that's that's good. Yeah, but I thought it was too late. No, no, no. I thought it was fake. I thought well, she still too. inserted herself into it, and it was too late. Totally. Uh, and you're not a hero for getting out of the hole you dug. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, come on. You, well, yeah, I mean, that's my whole thing. Like, I don't care if she's done the greatest things ever for women's tennis, which she has. Doesn't mean you can do whatever you want in this match and not get criticized. Right. I don't care if you're a firefighter that saved 100 kids from a building. If you throw one kid in a building, you still get punished for the one <laughs> right. kid you threw in. Right. So, yeah, right. Yeah. so that's what I feel like people are saying. Like, Serena, she's done so much for tennis. Serena didn't kill any children, I swear. <laughs> but I'm like, she didn't. But today, she didn't. That's all I'm saying. Like, I don't. Right. We're talking about today. I'm not Agreed. talking about what she's done. Agreed, for sure. So then we get to the post match conference and. Both during a lot of the hullabaloo during the match, when the tournament supervisor comes out and she's trying to do all this, she's, that's when she first initiates sexism. Right. And then in her press conference, she does it. And by the way, I did find out via a story on something, I can't remember what, that it was not the the press clapping, thank God. <laughs> it was her entourage. That's funny. Whether it's her family I or... Cl- I didn't hear the clapping. Yeah, because she was in her press conference after and she, she sort of went on this, you know, fighting for the w- causes of women, trying to turn it into a Me Too movement. Yeah. And and everybody's like, yeah, woo, ah, woo, woo, Yeah, women should ah, be allowed woo. to break their rackets and berate the umpires. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. That's what I couldn't figure out. Right. And she, listen, I mean, this is a one-time thing. Yeah. She's never done anything <laughs> like this before. And so... <laughs> Was yeah. that a lead into to me to, to say that, except for the other three matches she's been penalized in at so, the Open? F- all right, so first of all, Let's just take off the table that she was wronged and had the right to act like an actual absolute jackass because she's done it before. Do you want to give us some some uh, dates and some times and some score? Like, give me the score oh, yeah. down to the minute. Well, so the the pattern of behavior with Serena is that anytime she's down in a big match of the Open, there's been controversy, and so yeah, I mean, in two thousand and two, let me see what year this is. 2008, 2009 against Clint Clijsters. That's the most famous one where she was down 6-4-5-4 and got called with a foot fault. And again, the foot fault was debatable just like, to me, this 
third penalty was debatable. Well, we never saw, I don't think we could ever, if I remember in 09, we only saw the view from behind. Right. And you cannot tell. No, you really can't. You can't. It's impossible to definitively tell whether she footfaulted from behind. But you can, but the person. Now, yeah, nowadays you, there would be enough views where you could tell, right. but I agree with you. And so, essentially, she says in quotes here in the story, this is a USA Today story, I'm going to take this ball and shove it down your expletive throat, which Fucking I think that was throat. the F word, yeah. And so she got a point penalty where it happened to be a match point. Um, so they said 1530 here. That was wrong. Obviously, it was 1540. Right. And that gave her, uh, gave Clean a match. So, again, she was down a set. And one game from losing, very similar scenario. She was serving, but she was down fifteen forty. Right, so she was on down match point. She was down fifteen thirty when they called the foot fault. I see. So was, that was on a second serve. It was a second serve. There you go. So that gave Kleister's a match point, and she went crazy and got in trouble. So then it says fast forward two years. Oh, by the way, Brian Early came out again. Uh, not again. The first time in '09. <laughs> yeah, he's been the chair, been the director forever. But this is it. He got to finish on a high. Um, <laughs> at least he got to do his job at the tail end there. So yeah, so he he came out. I think with the same woman um, who was with him this time, and and you know he didn't change anything. Yeah, and so two years later, she was playing Sam Stoser and was down a set and a break again, and she hit a shot. And yelled, come on, and then Stoser was still attempting to return the ball. So they called a hindrance, which was an accurate call. And the ball, I think the ball actually went over the net and in. Might, might have. I know, that, I know that Stoser hit it for sure. Um, and so there was that. And again, she got, you know, went crazy and got in, got in a fight with the umpire and all that. So those are the two most famous ones. And they've got some quotes in here from Serena. So again, this is our, this is our role model that's we're all uh, following for women's tennis. She says at one point, are you the one who screwed me over last time? And it says in parentheses, she wasn't the same official. She it, says, oh, it wasn't? No. She says, you ever seen me walking down the hall, look the other way because you're out of control. You're a hater and you're just unattractive inside. And then she said, don't even look at me. I promise don't look at me because I'm not. Don't look my way. And so all those were, were better than what she said this time. But so again, but the way I look at it is very simple. Every player goes into a match and same in any sport, you know who the official is. You know what the reputation is for they call this, they call that. You go in the NFL, this official calls pass interference, this official calls this. So you know going in what your chances of being called for certain things are. And if you don't, that's poor planning on your part. And the same with the officials. The official goes into the match knowing, okay, hey, Serena's gotten in trouble here with other people. Let me, let me be aware that that's a possibility. I don't think that's showing any kind of prejudice. That's being prepared at your job. Well, and I, you know, it doesn't, here's the other thing is you can say that she needs to be more aware of who, of who the, the umpire is and what she's, but she should be, or he should be in this case, this time it was a he, right? Were they, were they women of, um, the, the lines were, were, the lines, well, we'll get to that in a minute. So the, the chair for the, the match against Stoser, she should be calling every rule, every, you know, exactly the same as any other official. So ultimately you don't even have that. Yeah, you know, to fall back on. I I think that's exactly what you're saying. It's like, in other words, don't be shocked exactly when they call a footfall because guess what you might have stepped on the line right don't be shocked if they interpret a rule the way it could because it's not it's not like 
the guy yesterday, the umpire yesterday, pulled some rule out of his ass. He wasn't quoting a soccer rule, for God's sakes. I mean, right. Well, he, the other one that wasn't mentioned there was the Capriotti, you know, when she hit the shot that was in and got in a big argument with the umpire. But again, at least in that instance, that was not, she didn't break a rule. So that, to me, is justified to be upset. But right. all these other times, you broke a clear rule that we know is a rule on all three occasions. So, like, why be shocked that you got penalized? Now, we, listen, he, finally, finally, tennis is like football. <laughs> we get to argue, was it a catch? Did right. Des Bryant make the catch against Detroit or yeah. not? I think he didn't, but that's because I hate the Cowboys. You mean, yeah, against Green Bay. Green yeah. Bay. No, no, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, Green Bay. No, 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 it was Detroit, because Detroit had to play, this was like multiple. Oh, well, they've had, yeah, they've had several. Yeah. But yeah, Green Bay was the one where he extended the arms, and was it a catch, and. Yeah. No, this was the one where he. It doesn't matter. My right. point being is that now <laughs> we're disputing rules instead of <laughs> tennis in the in the sports pages. Uh, you know, our sports bars across in, in talk radio, they're you know disputing what the rule is and was it interpreted right and was it a catch? Wasn't a catch? We never have any of that stuff. We right. never I know. get to. So now we get to argue whether this umpire was a little too heavy handed. I don't think there's any dispute that the rules are the rules. I mean, the dude admitted coaching, right? Didn't he? I mean, on oh yeah, camera. absolutely. What's his name again? Uh, Patrick Muradoglu, the French. Uh, Did you say that correctly? Yeah, Muradoglu. It's a weird spelling. So, anywho, so I don't think we can dispute in any way, shape, or form that each and every instance was a rule that is on the books. I think everybody admits that, and I think he's within the letter of the law to call it as he called it. Now we can argue we're in a final. We're in a major final, which shouldn't matter. I mean, every round. I mean, to the person that that may or may not win the first round, that's more important, really, than Serena. That could be that woman's career. You know, she makes makes $93,000 for making the second round, and, you know, that keeps her going, and, you know, whatever. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But you're inserting yourself so you have to be careful you really have to be careful as a ref do you want to insert yourself and be a part of right of the match or like the time clock like the shot clock you know if you hear a bunch of people hollering during that time period as it's counting down and obviously the server's chilling waiting for everybody to shut up in new york particularly yeah then you don't call a time violation when it hits zero because you know all right i need i need to give him three or four seconds or her Djokovic is who i'm talking about in this case i I need to you know have a soft clock here because obviously i can't pause it and start it and stop it when people yell right so it's going to hit zero but he didn't have the full 25 seconds to get his life together um, and so by the same token, if you're looking at a situation where she isn't even hardly looking into the stands and every coach on the history of the planet does shit like that, right? do you call it? So I agree that that is an argument we can have. Without question, that's an argument we can have. Yeah, I feel like the issue that you and I both have, even though I haven't even... We haven't even talked about we'll whether get there. the penalty is justified or not, but it's her reaction to all three. Yes. So, well, that's what I'm getting to. I think we're absolutely... I don't, I don't know that anybody can disagree that these aren't rules. We can argue about the heavy-handedness of them, and I do think it shouldn't have elevated to this point. And if he wouldn't... If he would have just said, hey, shut that pretty bastard up in the, in the stands. Right. That good-looking coach up there, shut him up. Well, it's um, funny. So, 
This is the second article that I found, and I don't know what this site is, if it's legitimate or not. It's Larry Brown Sports. I never heard of it, but but Venus Williams, same exact official. Again, why this isn't talked about on the U.S. Open, which is when we're all watching. Not that they were prepared for this to happen, but in May 2016. It's all staged. Ramos told Venus Williams to tell her coach to stop giving hand signals. And she sp- said, and I've watched this clip. But she basically said, I'm not cheating. I don't I don't look at him for hand signals. It's, it's literally the exact same exchange dun, that they had dun, two years dun. later. And so, and again, you're, in 2017, he had an issue with Djokovic. 2018, he had an issue with Djokovic. He had an issue with Kyrgios. an issue with Murray. But they're men. That's what I mean. What? Exactly. And so he's penalized all those guys for violations. And last I saw, they weren't black or women. So, Are you sure? <laughs> Have you asked what their pronouns are? And, and someone's, someone's counter-argument was, well, has he ever done that in a Grand Slam final to someone? Oh, shit. And I'm like, well, he's done two. This is the third. So I don't think we have a big sample size. Right. And I said, most players don't get in fights with the Chair Empire in a Grand Slam final. 99.9% don't. Right. At all. And they're going to say, well, because they don't get penalized. But I think all three penalties, like you said, they were all clear violations. The only one I disagree was the third. I thought the third... He should have just said, you know, this conversation's over. Let's just play, which I've seen officials do that before. Yeah, he he said he could have said, listen, you are on the next point penalty will be a game. Right. I'm having a hard time and not giving it to you right now. You need to just let this go and play. Right. But my counter argument to that would be he doesn't have to give her warning because two penalties is warning enough. (laughs) So I'm saying he could have done that, but I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, but when it. Mm, I, you're exactly right, but I think that falls well short of what Leilani or whatever his name right. is. That name sounds <laughs> Leilani. Uh, some Leilani. Leilani sounded hot. <laughs> uh, so Leilani, yeah, that falls well short of Leilani coming down and giving Kyrgios a hug. Right, and you know, so I think that is just a clear. Oh, that's what I wish he would have done. Just to clear the air to say, hey, you do realize. 100%, here's where we're at. Right. And 100%, if you don't shut the hell up, right. you're going to be down 5-3. Yeah. So do us both a favor and don't make me do that. Right. Because I don't want death threats from the Serena's <laughs> army on Twitter. Yeah. And you don't want to look like a jackass. So can we just play? And then she would have won the second set and she would have won the third set 6-1. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know that she would have won that second set. Because if she would if, if she would have held at four all to make it go four all, that'd have been a whole different look. Right. But oh, yeah. there's no saying she would have hold because if she was out of her mind, just like just red in her boiling in her eyes, <laughs> and she just you know what I mean? And she right. was just like rah, rah. Well, I remember it was Osaka serving four three. So she Serena had to break her to win. Wait. Because remember, Serena got the free game. Osaka got the free game, 4-3, then Serena had to serve at 3-5. Right, but that was... So had she not gotten the game penalty... Like, Osaka was up a break when she got the game penalty. Are you sure? Yeah. Because they took her service game away. She didn't have to serve. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so she still... That's the thing. She still had to break to win, which she had only done once in the whole match. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she probably would have held to go up 5-3. Now, I thought about this, which is sad, but this would never happen in a million years. But did it ever occur to you that Osaka could have just said, I don't want that penalty assessed. Let's just play that. Let's play the game. 
if she was at Kim Kleister's level, like an 09, right. then maybe. Or the stature. That she's won one before, yeah. Or just that stature where like she's right. an all-timer, but the, she's a no one. I mean, right. no, I'm not, no offense to her, I don't mean yeah. that, but you know, she's like, you know, she's 12. Well, and you can't this, expect anyone to give, you know, games away. Right. Like you got a game handed to you. And you're one game away from winning a Grand Slam, and it's four million dollars. I mean, and to be and to be honest with you, hell, she might have felt like to some degree, hey, you're jacking with me too. I'm having to deal with totally. your horse shit. I'm barely holding. She might have been on the edge of freaking out during this thing, and and instead she did a masterful job of just staying composed. It was incredible. I well, thought. And every time Serena had an outburst, it was typically when Osaka was about to serve. That was the other big problem I had. It really was. <laughs> right. And that's what really, I don't know. I'm not saying that was intentional because it probably wasn't. Right. She but wasn't it, thinking. But, but she sure. was getting delayed on her serve constantly. But yeah, have you seen the USTA statement after? Which one? From Katrina Adams. Yes. I was. Do you have it? Do you want I to read do. it? I was disgusted by it. Well, so yeah, it, so first of all, before you read that, let's say this. She laid this at the feet of sexism. Right. Here's my first argument. Well, my first argument was everything you just said. This chair umpire, because I don't care what other chair umpires do. If you're right. going to call sexist something sexist, you're talking about the male in the chair right? penalizing you, the woman. Well, he's penalized men. So she was wrong immediately. Right. Secondly, my second argument is this. Last time I checked, she wasn't playing a man. Yeah. She was playing another woman. Right. So in all honesty, and another half black woman. What? So, so yeah. in all honesty, he was actually also protecting the rights of another woman player on the court. Cause you can't act like a jackass and not expect it to affect the opponent on the other side. There right. is another person. This isn't the Serena show, even though Katrina Adams thinks it should be. <laughs> yeah, so, it was, and pre- it was in the post-match. So then, it, well, then in the press conference, she's like, I'm fighting for women all the way around the world because, damn it, point penalties are oppressive. Shut <laughs> up, stupid. Yeah. It wasn't sexism, and it's disgusting that you called another person. And here's another thing. I I want to punch his microphone in his face. <laughs> If anybody tells any other, if you, if you're, mm, well, and we just said, hold on, let me gather myself here. So I've <laughs> heard people, break. <laughs> I've heard people, as a matter of fact, I heard one today and, and listen, she's European. I get it. They're, they're kooky over there. But the aforementioned, the tennis podcast, one of the, the, the Catherine Whitaker's a co-host of that with a, with a guy. How dare she? <laughs> So she mentioned something about sexism, and she doesn't want to hear a man talk about sexism. Right. Well, I'm sorry, but if you call some something sexist, then that means someone is sexist. Right. And you are charging them with something that's really bad. I mean, being a racist or being a sexist is horrific. That's terrible. Yeah. That's that's an awful thing to be as a person and you're a shit person if you're that well and so, to me when your best argument not to interrupt you but when your best argument is not to interrupt me you son of a bitch other people have done worse that's that puts an end to your <laughs> argument right there that's every violation she got was the response was well other people have done worse than that so yeah that does, that's not an argument yeah, that basically means you broke the rules but other people broke them more like if i speed by 20 miles an hour and other people speed by 25 i still broke the rules it doesn't matter well, well here's a better argument if 10 people go by a cop 
sitting there with his radar. Yeah. And all of them are going 80 in a 65. Right. And he only gets one of them. Why didn't he get any of the other nine? It doesn't matter. You're still speeding. You still. Br- yeah. And we all use too. that. We all use that argument. But take that argument to court and see how that works out. I mean, none of the, the people <laughs> are logic. You off. Take right. it to logic. She sounded like a 12 year old. It's not fair. It's right. not fair. I've got a daughter. I wouldn't cheat. Well, he didn't accuse you of cheating. He accused your coach of cheating. You know, I, I, I don't know a lot of people that I know a lot of moms and dads who cheat in tennis. That doesn't, that's not a, that's not a, <laughs> that's not a uh, <laughs> mutually, whatever mutually exclusive things. So that, I mean, that was ridiculous too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and then the press conference, she said her daughter would never see this. So like, which is it? It's like, not an ironclad defense for sure. No. Um, listen, all of that stuff was heat of the moment and acting like an idiot. The, the sexism stuff during a press conference was just covering her ass. It's, that's all there is to it. She was just trying to, and, and that's a crying shame because she's however old she is. She's an adult. She's a multimillionaire. She's, you know, right. famous and world fan. All these positive things that, you know, you were talking about earlier, influence on this and that and wonderful blah, blah, blah. Hey, the, num- the best thing she could do is not even, she should pre-record a video or just an audio and just say, you know, this is Serena Williams. Uh, let me first congratulate Naomi Osaka on her U.S. Open victory. And let me apologize first to her and then the USTA, the chair umpire, the USTA, and all of the tennis fans out there. My behavior was unwarranted and it was unprofessional and it was completely my fault. Yeah. And then, you know, and, you know, I want to I want to continue to be the good role model I have been, and one way I can do that is by accepting responsibility and apologizing, and nothing else. Don't say I'm sorry right. because. Don't say you well, know. Even if she said, this is a slight qualifier, but even if she said, although I felt like the penalties were harsher than they should have been, I still accept responsibility that they would not have occurred had I not violated the rules. Like even that, I would be okay with. That's still hedging, but, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I will take anything. But I don't want. I don't think. I don't think it's a hundred percent. She's at fault, but pretty close. Well, here's the thing. She would be. She, there's going to be idiotic people that defend her unwarned. First of all, she didn't ask for your damn defense. And how condescending it is. You feel like you have to come to a grown ass woman who's world famous, has more money than, you know, whoever, and <laughs> is one of the most powerful women in sports. And all these idiots are coming to defend her. Kiss my ass. Okay. How about you just point out what she actually did wrong and nothing that she did take. So I'll, I'll say the reverse argument. Nothing she did wrong takes away from the good stuff she's done. Right. So it, neither does it, the good stuff wipe away this. This doesn't wipe away that. So yeah. she still, in my mind, gets credit for all the things she does or has done and, right. will, and will do. But if she said, you know, if she apologized and said, hey, you know, I, I, I know I'm a role model to not just young girls, but people, you know, and I want to apologize and accept responsibility so I can continue to be a role model. She would be her stock would go because everybody that defends her would just say, look how wonderful she is right. for admitting she's wrong. So they'd flip on a damn dime. And then jackasses like me, who are apparently racist and sexist and I don't know what else is, um, <laughs> you know, we would all just say, wow, that is the most incredible thing that a public figure has ever done ever. It's not like she murdered people. Yeah. And one of her quotes here in her press conference was I've seen other men call other umpires several things and I'm here fighting for women's rights and for women's equality. So basically she's literally saying I'm fighting for the option to break my racket and, and call my official names without being penalized. (laughs) That's brilliant. I mean, I don't understand. I still don't understand that argument. 
And that's in the post match where she's had time to think about it. But yeah, it's like you said. I even though it would be it would it would not be believable. I would totally respect if she did it. And that's up to her publicist and agent and all those people. I mean, they should they should, you know, encourage her really or force her to do it. I mean, just like well, you said. Well, don't come at me with any of this bullshit um about you know your role in the game and all this other shit when you're acting like a five-year-old and then on top of you triple and double and triple down by by claiming you're fighting for women's rights that's such garbage yeah it's such garbage and anybody that believes it either is fooling themselves or is not bright well and there may now, be she times be, she is but yes, not in that moment but this ain't it no because you're exactly right i'm fighting for women's rights to act like jackasses you're fighting for four million dollars and 25 slams and number one or whatever I is mean, osaka a woman <laughs> you weren't fighting for her rights when you were right. embarrassing yourself and ruining her experience. Yeah. Not that it's her responsibility to give her a good experience, but you know, I mean, it's yeah. just, it was, it was horrific sportsmanship and it was immaturity. And then it was compounded by, she backed herself into a corner. It's that simple. And her, you know, it, she's backed herself in a corner and now she had to come out super aggressive with, I'm fighting for all women. It, shut up. But yeah, let's. You want to dissect this statement here that what, uh, no, Katrina did? By the way, so previous, so the time when she threatened to shove the ball down the throat, it was a woman, right? And then the Stoser chair and it was a chair empire woman. In there both. you go. So I guess it's not all sexism. But yeah, she said I always have problems here. So uh, so that doesn't sound like it's a sexism issue. That sounds like it's a USTA or US Open <laughs> issue. But then the umpires aren't aren't USTA employees, so I'm not sure who. You know, who's against her? The whole world's against her, apparently. Yeah. But yeah, so Karina Adams, after the fact, said, which when you when you hear a statement from USCA president after that, you would assume it would be criticizing a player for assault, you know, insulting an official or breaking the racket about or getting this? to penalties. So she's the pre- so Katrina Adams is the president of the USTA. Right. The USTA owns the US Open, makes a fortune off the US Open. And to be fair... Serena, Serena Williams, I'm sure, is indirectly responsible and directly, I mean, uh, indirectly responsible for, you know, gobs of money going into the USTA. Right. But anyway, go ahead and read it. Go ahead and read it. <laughs> so she says, what Serena did on the podium today showed a great deal of class and sportsmanship. What? This was Naomi's moment and Serena wanted her to be able to enjoy it. I... I couldn't disagree more with hey, either of those statements. Hey, I, I got I got something to say about that. And it's, it goes a lot longer, but I don't know if you want to dissect it as we go. But she said that was a class move from a true champion. What Serena has accomplished this year and playing her way back onto the tour is truly amazing. Don't disagree with that. She continues to inspire because she continues to strive to be the best. She owns virtually every page of the record book, but she's never been one to rest on her laurels. Again, don't disagree with that. What she's the hell does that have to do with anything? It doesn't. She's always working to improve, always eager to embrace new challenges and to, to set new standards. She is an inspiration to me personally and a credit to our sport, win or lose. And here's where she gets into it. I know that All, she was always. She's always a credit to our sport. <laughs> I always. know that she was frustrated about the way the match played out, but the way she stepped up after the final and gave full credit to Naomi for a match well played, which I never saw, speaks volumes about who she is. So at least she didn't. Is that it? That's it. At least That's she didn't the criticize whole... the umpire. But yeah, I basically didn't say she did anything wrong in any well, she, point. Well, she didn't start... Well, first of all, that didn't work. What? Did you not hear that? No. Damn it! 
You cannot I'm a be failure. serious. I'm an absolute failure. Well, and I do like, she probably changed this and it says what Serena did on the podium. I bet that a statement originally said what Serena did today. So I bet they added that in because they had to clarify that's what she did on the podium. But on the podium, I didn't see it as any better. To, on the podium, it was complain, 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 complain the last second. Oh, and Naomi played great. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I didn't. And that's every press conference Serena's ever had. But I thought in this instance, when a Grand Slam final, the girl idolizes you. First one she's ever won. That should have what you've been what you opened with. How about nothing? How about just don't even. How about just step back and don't answer any questions? Yeah. How about you just take your dumb plate and you st- take two steps back and then let, let Naomi. Yeah, say this moment belongs to her. She's the champion. Well, first of all, it's stupid that they interview the second place player. I honestly, hate that. it's really Completely. dumb. Well, the people all- don't want to do it, and right. it's and it's they have they're forced to be complimentary, even if someone they hate. <laughs> right? Oh, yo, <yeah>, dude. <laughs> I want to thank you for playing me today. You played really well, and I hopefully I'll do better when we play next time. You know, congratulations. And I would bet you one thousand dollars the next time Nadal and Federer on the podium, I can tell you what they're going to say about right. each other. Yeah, which doesn't mean that it's not true. But when you already know what they're going to say, what's the point? And I just don't care. Right. But yeah, I mean, so so, I think she, I will the say best this. thing she could have said, like you said, she could have said, I'm not even going to answer any questions. I want to congratulate Naomi on a great match. I'll address the issues I had on court later. I will say this. We hate those dumb things, the post-match, you right. know, the trophy ceremony and all that. I guarantee you, highest rated trophy presentation in the history of the Grand Slam. That had tournament. to be, absolutely. Had to be. Yeah. Absolutely had to be, because that was a, a shit show. <laughs> and the shit show brought to you by Serena and basically coddled by the USTA president, which was pathetic. That was a pathetic it was statement. Awful. This was the statement she released after. This wasn't what she said directly after the match. Well, uh, the first one, I don't know if that was her or that was the USTA PR people or what, because the initial, because there was a statement on the women's final that was on the US Open, you know, whatever for immediate release. On the fifth point in the second game of the second set between Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams, the chair umpire witnessed coaching taking place from Williams' coach. Even though her coach has admitted to coaching, Williams has made it clear that she did not receive any coaching. Who cares? Nevertheless, <laughs> why would you say that when you say this? Nevertheless, in accordance with the rules, then who gives a shit what she said? Right. It's like the rules are speeding and you got pulled over. But you said you weren't speeding. Nevertheless, <laughs> the the radar gun said... So, nevertheless, in accordance with the rules, Williams was assessed a code violation resulting in a warning. Well, and I didn't even realize it. Did you even know she got fined? Uh, I heard that today. Yeah, I didn't at, know that. At the complete, and the, the, this original statement goes on. At the completion of the fifth game of the second set, Williams was assessed a second code violation for racket abuse, which clearly happened. And she tried to argue against that, of course. At the changeover at 4-3, Williams, is, Williams was assessed a third code violation for verbal abuse in the judgment of the umpire, umpire and me, which then required a game penalty. The chair umpire's decision was final and not reviewable by the tournament referee or the Grand Slam supervisor who were called to the, who were called to the court at the time. Oh, well, so he said he couldn't. <laughs> Maybe he just did one part of it. Right. That's, yeah, they, that's what I had heard, that he couldn't, which I thought was odd. Well, maybe that's good. Maybe that's, the, you know, I don't know. Maybe, I don't think that's how it should be. I think the tournament supervisor should be able to, because he's in charge of all right. of the tournament, you know, well, Especially since he was obviously there. It wasn't like he walked over and heard it secondhand. I mean, right. he was there. It's the only match going. Well, and I'm reading an article here of the Washington Post, what we do during the podcast. You read? And it says that. I saw that one too. There was a Federer incident where he said, don't effing talk to me and didn't get penalized. And Jimmy Connors called an official an abortion repeatedly and didn't get penalized. But again, 
Why is that irrelevant? Any, it's not the same official. Well, first of all, matter. anything in the seventies, I don't don't, <laughs> don't come at me with the. Well, this 70s. was ninety one, but oh. his last year or something. But again, it's not the same official. We've already said that each official applies the rules differently. Which yes, that's a problem. I agree with that. But we knew you knew what you were getting into with this official. But yeah, I can't find this thing where after the fact Katrina Adams said something like this wasn't how we wanted the match to end. But it was something worse than that. That wasn't the result we were hoping for. Yeah, the result. That's exactly what it was the result or the outcome. And I just thought the way she said that was horrible. It made it sound like she meant we were cheering for Serena. It literally did. We're the USTA, and of course we want her to win. That's wonderful. That's very sweet of her. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we could go on and on forever about it, but I just think... And, and what do you think about all the ESPN commentators? Um... I will say, let me just, uh, let me wrap up. Well, you, can, you feel free to say anything you want after I, I you know, once I speak, nobody speaks. No. <laughs> um, I will say, I don't care about them. They were just reacting to the moment and probably, whatever, who cares? Um, I like your argument in that regard where they're there to defend the tournament at all costs because yeah. they're, you know, representing sort of whatever. Anyway, so I did hear today something and I was on the edge of, of my seat i was on the edge of my seat in with trepidation (laughs) fear by the way that's two words i used today nice i don't remember the first one trepidation waiting to hear what this was going to be about because it's someone who i highly respect uh which means nothing to her i get it (laughs) um but i you know i you know when she talks i listen that kind of thing mary carrillo was on um, what you call it? What is that? NPR. And she's right. fairly well critical. Just, normally, let me just finish. Well, I'm trying to send my prediction. I, I don't d- care. <laughs> so she, so she was on NPR radio or whatever. I don't know if it was whatever. And as, and she was asked about this situation, and she said it was not. As a matter of fact, she might have said it was ridiculous that it, that it, it wasn't sexism. Yeah, which that's. I agree with you. I have a lot of respect for her opinion normally. I mean, first of all, I don't care when somebody tells me, well, you can't talk about sexism. You're not a woman. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. I can think. I can think. Because (laughs) otherwise, the only thing I can ever commentate on is when two cisgender white males play each other. That's the only thing I ever talk yeah, about. No, nope, but I'm not that. from Serbia, so I can't talk about Serbians either. You don't understand what it's like growing up as a black woman, coach. So you can't talk about it. That's true. Uh, <laughs> as far as you know, you don't know me. Um, you don't know what I'm That I, is the standard, the standard argument. So for me to hear somebody just reason was all just sanity, just a little a smidgen of sanity in the world. I just felt so much relief because please don't turn tennis into the same horseshit that the rest of this country is dealing with. Right. Please Where don't. was she this whole tournament, by the way? I don't know, but she needed to come back. But it, it was like, I, you know, I was just so relieved to hear, like, just... Well, Neil, okay. I want to watch that match on Tennis Channel this week and see how those commentators address it. Because, you know, they always, when they show it replay, it's always the different commentators. Ooh, that'll be, yeah, that'll be interesting. They, if, see, they ought to be promoting that heavily. Just the fact that it's they're showing it again, I'm sure they will. But I'd like to see, because I don't know who it'll be. It'll be Navratilova, and she's usually pretty, yeah, pretty critical against players. If they mess up, but I, uh, you whole, don't think she'll go all sexism all the time. I think she'll be in favor of Serena at after the third violation. I think the first two she'll probably be like, you know, I can understand that, 
But I think everybody thought the third violation was unnecessary at best. I think it was. Yeah, but listen, you can't just you can't just start rattling off. Listen, when it is cumulative, it always is cumulative. You want to start. You want to talk about being a, a gentleman's game and a ladies' game. That ain't. Right. That's the absolute. So I'm when sorry. Sport. I, listen, I have seen players not at that level. I get it. I get it. But I've seen players just take it. Right. They take their medicine, whether it's right or wrong, because ultimately they need to play. Yeah. And to be honest with you, it's more impressive for some college player to do it when there's not $4 million on the line in history on the line. And so it, it was just... it. Well, I think in some ways it worked out better for Serena as a player because now she can say, well, I would have won, but we'll never know if I would have won because I got it taken away from me. Right. And I think that... Stole it. I'm not saying that wasn't factored in to her... I don't think if she's up a set in the break, that happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Now, again, she's not going to be upset as upset because she's up a set in the break, but still. Right. I think it's not a coincidence that every time she's down, you would, things like this happen. Well, people need to separate the arguments. Sexism or not? Of course not. And if right. you think it is, you're crazy. Second, the rule interpretation. Well, of course, it was allowed to be interpreted. Third, should it have been interpreted or should the, right. the umpire use some discretion? To me, that's the only argument that should be, be being debated right, right now. exactly. That's what we should be throwing microphones at each other about. Whether those rules should exist. Coaching. Should they allow coaching? Should you allow signals? I mean, how can you, you know, you can't. Are you going to tell me umpires are going to be looking at binoculars? Right. Like, I got news for you. I'm switching my hat around sometimes. Well, I just when the am. fan's cheering, I can be whispering to my player, you know, while they're tallying off. And the umpire's not going to be able to hear or have any idea, you know, what there's, when the fans are cheering from the last point. So, yeah, I agree that coaching. But, again, you can't complain when you get caught. There's holding on every play in the NFL. You can't complain <laughs> when you get caught. Right. Or if you do, you know it's not going to do anything. Well, let's argue those. Let's, let's go through the entire rule book of tennis and argue <laughs> every single rule right. ever. Uh, one, I don't think there is an argument about anymore. Shot clock. No. I think it's fine. Yeah, I think we – I mean, I did – get annoyed that it was not always on for whatever reason. There were some points where it just never, they never turned it on, but that could have just been because they're not used to doing it every point. Or was it a situation where the, I don't know, but you know, I've got no problem with the ref using discretion when people are still loud and they're not, you know, so the player can't get set to start um, in various things like that. Or sometimes like the kid to, to, you know, during the men's finals running out to towel off, the puddles of sweat that Delpo was leaving all over the court. Was that happening today too? That yeah, was the Chorich match that happened. Yeah, and uh, but it, this was all like in the middle of the court, so everything oh. had to stop. It was a whole situation, <laughs> and so um, and so then, how do you you know? So the, maybe they just don't have the ability to turn it on, whatever. Right. So uh, and besides that, guess what? First year, first year, let it go. They'll work on right. it, get it better. Well, and what I haven't heard either. To me, the other debatable point is how she handled. The situation to me that part is not for debate either. She handled it horribly. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. so, like, I don't care if all three violations were incorrect. That still doesn't justify how you handle it. Like, you can handle it and say, "Get this, get the director out here." But you're basically saying that everybody else is wrong, but me. You know, these people that have done done it for years are all incorrect, but me. And you're screaming like a baby, which right? Was absolutely embarrassing. Which Just- is really the only reason she got penalized was her, you know, craziness. It was, it was not, it, she didn't get penalized because, you know, she wasn't, because she was breaking the rules, it was just because she was in, in crazy. If she would have just said, what? 
Right. There was a warning on the first one, and now I get a point. You just stole a point from me. You're a thief, and then never said another word. Right. That would have been it. That, I guarantee you the thief comment was not the issue. It was the fact that she braided no, for two I minutes straight. Stop. And then, and and never, and yeah, never stopped multi, over across multiple changeovers. And again, I think it was to distract herself from the fact that she was losing. You know, let me let me talk to him instead. So zero percent chance that she makes any kind of additional apology whatsoever, right? Zero percent. I'll give it five percent. I'll give her some credit that somebody will convince her after the fact that she's calmed down a little bit. Wow. Well, and I actually think the whole reason the USTA came all these statements is they were they're afraid she's going to boycott the tournament, which I don't think she ever would. But she kept saying this always happens to me here, which was sort of made it seem like, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's, something always happens to me here. Why do I want to come back? And she even in her post match said something like, you know, I guess I'll do this again next year or I guess I'll be back next year. But so I think that's definitely part of the USTA's damage control of we got to have her back. Right, obviously a big draw. Regardless. Yeah, of course, of course, and you know, uh, but if she does that shit every time, nobody's going to care. I don't want to see that again. I don't want to see anything like that again. That was a stain on tennis, if you ask me. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, the, there's good attention, and there, this we definitely got more attention out of this match, but it's not good attention. Yeah, if you're on Sports Center's not top ten, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Yeah, obviously. Like when you're disputing, you know, catch and no catch and all that, that's not good attention either. You want to be talking about how great she played or, you know, this and that. And again, I think had she just gotten the two violations, lost the match, there would have been a lot of people defending her and saying, you know, those violations were ridiculous. She handled it, played through it, didn't let it bother her. Yeah, the and, argument would have been one point didn't make the difference. Osaka was still going to beat her. You know, but great job by Serena handling it and not, you know, acting like she did in 09 right. and in 11. Yeah. And that, but that was what bothered me the most with the commentary and the ESPN coverage. They never, they acted like Serena had never done anything before. Right. That's what irritated me the most is like, and by the way, I didn't mention this yet. She has been called for coaching before. Oh. And remember when she brought the notes on the court and they said, you can't do that. That's coaching. And she got a penalty for coaching because <laughs> she brought basically a strategy for the match, and she was reading it on the changeovers. Huh. And they said, you can't do that. I don't remember that. And then she said to Ramos, I've never been called for coaching my life. Well, really? Because you have. <laughs> I mean, I remember it distinctly. Now, maybe she didn't get a penalty for it, but she definitely um, definitely got a warning at, at the least. Well, I think um, this is the best, best take on this whole issue anywhere. On Twitter, on in any newspaper, on any podcast this is the definitive take because we're the best <laughs> all right i think that horse is beaten to death yeah you, you done with that yeah i was trying to find the thing about the written notes but of course you google it and it's all the stuff that just happened so right um see if we just prep for this show but to be <laughs> fair that just happened on saturday night right so we need by the way we need to go back to super saturday that was my, that was the best you know i don't like I, I don't like guys. having the one match Saturday and one match Sunday. Oh, I have right, to say. right, right. It's I kind of agree with you. I miss I miss the whole, you know, multiple, multiple uh, right. matches in one day. Yeah, but I do understand why they need a day off. Yeah, yeah. So. But I would be fine with Super Saturday and then just have nothing on Sunday because Sunday you got football you're competing with anyway. 
and let and the finals be on Monday. Monday. Ooh, yeah. And do Sunday is men's doubles, women's doubles, mixed doubles, which, you know, the diehards are still going to care about that. They're still going to go. Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right. Who cares what else is going on in tennis because that warranted the, our full attention. <laughs> the U.S. Open in general, and obviously the majority of our podcast. Hey, finally women's tennis. We're going to get hammered for that. The fact that we finally just talked a lot about women's tennis, and it was all right. bad. That's but, all it took. But it wasn't, because you opened the show up properly, I might say, or this segment up by saying congrats to Naomi. And uh, hopefully she'll win the Australian Open in dominant fashion and can wipe this out of her memory banks. I mean, don't you see her as a future you know multiple grand slam champion and top oh i, I think probably she's number one and she's probably the best women's doubles player in the history of the game oh wait <laughs> no how about we just wait and see Corey? can we do that can i guess that? but that's no fun yeah that's true all right anything else i mean coaches uh, Corey's corner i mean that's pretty much that was the whole <laughs> yeah, house I think right we there got, i think we got all, all right. the uh Corey's corner. Good. Maybe I made this up. Somebody call me out if I made this up about the notes. I can't find it. All right. But I swear that happened. All right. We'll find out. But um, no, that was just my thing. I just, I thought the commentary was really one-sided and it annoyed me. That was kind of my issue is just when you have a pattern, I thought they should have gone back to both people say, here's the official side. Here's the, they both have a track record and they both had a track record of exactly what happened. <laughs> so history repeats itself. That's exactly what happened. So I don't know why, you know, it shouldn't be a surprising issue or really even a controversial issue. Right. Well, listen, first of all, just like every other tournament in two weeks, I'll forget who won. Right. And so it kind of all kind of just glosses over and we start talking about the Labor Cup and and all that. And then federal say, well... We thought about adding women, but you've seen the way they act. We can't. <laughs> Federer would, would never say great, that. That would be a great line. Federer never would say that, but he should. That would be the greatest. <laughs> we thought about having him, but we couldn't get any umpires to work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you have Jack Sock, because right. he's the greatest <laughs> So anyway, um, you got anything else? That's it. Oh, thank God. I can't take it. I mean, I literally, my shoulders hurt today just being stressed out and uh, about all that shit. So anyway. <laughs> my fingers are tired from texting and posting on Facebook, arguing about this with everybody. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Well, listen, if you if you haven't given up tennis now after this weekend of tennis and this debaculation, um, spread the word. Keep on downloading, obviously. Check out all our stuff. Uh, Twitter. You know Twitter. You love Twitter. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, I kind of bailed on Twitter a little bit after this because I just didn't care about hearing all of the, the horse shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just kind of. So, and and it's way harder to do in you know 140 or 280 characters, where the hell they do now. So <laughs> anyway, so tennis rev pod at tennis rev pod on Twitter. Um, tweet at us. V- very rarely do I figure out what the hell's going on when you do that, but sometimes I do. <laughs> so uh, if I happen to be on Twitter and punching around and doing stuff, sometimes I figure it out. It's uh, you know, it's a miracle, but hey, it's always fun. And uh, and then of course Instagram, uh, I think we're over the 100 mark. Were we over last week? We were at 101. We were at 101. Fantastic. I got news for you, brother. Breaking all kinds of records. 103. <laughs> it's getting packed in Man. here. It's getting packed in here. At Tennis Revolution. How are they going to keep up with all your pictures that you post? At Tennis Revolution Pod. I'm going to tell you a little secret, 
Corey. <laughs> I don't think people want to get a bunch of horse shit from a bunch they of don't. people. They and love so us. No notifications. The fact that I send nothing out on Instagram has got to be so refreshing. Do you really want me to send selfies out <laughs> or pictures of my food? No, of course you Please don't. Please don't. I don't. Yeah. I had a pack of crackers in a Coke today before the show. Should I put that on a plate with a little garnish and <laughs> stack the crackers up? No, of course not. There's no reason to send pictures, and I don't. And that's the fun of following us on Instagram. So please keep doing it. Um, TennisRevolutionPodcast.com for the website. And damn it, spread the word. We do continue to grow, but I'm looking for that exponential growth. Let's get it going. And it is totally up to you because I am the worst human being at digital marketing of all time. <laughs> I'm literally the worst. I am the equivalent of walking around in a strange city handing out flyers. That's literally what I do. That's my digital marketing strategy. So please help me out. Retweet, re-whatever, uh, all the other stuff. Facebook, Tennis Revolution Podcast, uh, fan page or whatever. I don't even know how all that works. So check all that stuff out. Spread the word. Tell all your friends. If you don't have friends, tell strangers. And always remember... If you know a professional tennis player that's a little bit down in their career, tell them to follow us on Twitter. <laughs> they will continue, They will improve. I'm almost sure Naomi Osaka at least was reading our tweets. I think that's what definitely. Her, I think that's what put her over the top this time. So, oh, what a week! What a two weeks and what a weekend! It is over off season. Thank God. Yes, we have the Labor Cup to talk about for the next month. <laughs> Or not. No, definitely not. So, all right. Well, until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. It's not fair.